0: May God bless us this morning by his word, which does infinitely more than we can ever hope to do on our own. Amen. Howdy. 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 So I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about mm, something that happened whenever I was five. I I didn't grow up in a Lutheran church. I was in like an evangelical uh, type of a church. And there was a lot of discussion and emphasis on what it is to except jesus as savior and and i was five years old okay and i I was a decently intelligent little five-year-old okay i did okay and i remember i was i was in church we used to have this thing where we would have like sunday morning worship then they'd have sunday evening worship and then wednesday evening worship because apparently nobody had hobbies and with that is that uh, when we're over there doing the sunday evening worship and we're hearing about jesus and you know I was listening I mean um, you know age of five I thought sure why not let's hear what's going on and so I found out that Jesus had died and he came back to life and because of all the things I messed up on he's the one who will actually bring me to heaven and salvation and I was like that sounds pretty good and I and it was like so then pray and you know ask God Jesus to forgive you I'm like okay Sounds good. And so like we got home and, you know, we're having dinner and everything. And it was fried chicken. I remember it was fried chicken. My mom did a pretty good jo- job with fried chicken. And I remember sitting at the table and I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, uh, I, I think I'd like to go ahead and accept Jesus as Savior. And, and he's just like, oh, well, that'd be great. Awesome. And they said, well, um, let me finish dinner uh, and, then, and then we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll talk about it. And so my dad got up and he went to go grab some more uh, fried chicken, and I'm just sitting there and I was like, "No, nah, I don't really want to wait." so i, uh, I, I then I, I got underneath the, the kitchen table, and it wasn't anything. They didn't even have like a like like a tablecloth or anything like that. It was pretty wide open, and I just sat underneath there, and I was like, "Dear God, I'm pretty sure I need you to get me to heaven. I know I can't do it, so why don't you go ahead and save me? That'd be great. Thank you so much." Amen. I, I didn't do a little cross thing. I didn't know what that was. But um, with it then, it's like, okay, that, that, that feels about right. So um, I, I got up from under the table, and, and my parents were just like, there you are. And that apparently they'd been looking all over for me, and they couldn't see me underneath the kitchen table. And they said for sure that the Holy Spirit was keeping them from being able to see me while I was praying. I think they were just blind. I don't know. They forgot their glasses. But it was so simple. I wasn't really worried about anything complicated. I just knew that Jesus died for me, and that was great, and I'll trust him, and okay, good. And then came more and more of church and every type of a sermon that came thereafter. Because here's the thing, is that it wasn't that the message of salvation changed, as much as every single Sunday, whoever was up there preaching at us was pretty sure that everybody out there had, had not accepted Jesus yet, or at least it's somebody. And so they were going to make sure that, do you know that today you need to accept Jesus? And every week I'd start hearing, I was like, well, maybe he means me. Maybe I didn't do it right. I mean, I was five. I mean, there were a lot of things I didn't do right, you know. I didn't put my Legos together correctly. I didn't always clean my room up. I was terrible at making my bed. I'm still terrible at making my bed, I'm not going to lie. But with that is then, I kept thinking, well, maybe I need to get this right. So I would go, and and I would find all those little Bible tracts that they used to have in the churches way back in the day. and I, And I would read the back of those, and I'd be like, okay, is this the right prayer? But then also, is this the right thought? And I was like, okay. What are the steps that I need to make make sure that I'm doing? It's like, okay, I'm supposed to confess my sins first. Okay. Okay. All right. I right. say, okay, I, I, I done all these things are wrong. okay. Got it. All right. Believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. Okay. Okay. Is that in my head? Is that in my heart? Is that in my gut? I've, I've heard that it's somehow your entrails or something like that and then it was like, okay But then I have to ac- actually accept him into your heart And there's a friend of mine Brian that he and I will always go back and forth and it's like is there like a muscle? You're supposed to flex when you accept Jesus into your heart I mean is there because it shows that little that, that picture of him knocking at the door and I don't know which of the ventrils or maybe it's one of the aortic valves that that's the door and he's supposed to be knocking and then it's like okay, but now I'm supposed to say that I follow you and after a while, it just starts to become this thing where it feels like how many ways is God somehow trying to keep you out of heaven because he somehow didn't do something right? And... A lot of times people are like, man, how in the world did you end up going to a Lutheran church later down the line? And I was like, well, okay, do you want the uh, the funny answer or the more realistic answer? Because the funny answer is it's because of a girl. Um, yeah, I know, I know. She was cute. She invited me to the church. I kept going. She broke up with me. I was like, well, I kind of look Lutherans anyway, so I'll stick around. But more than that is that I overheard a random conversation that the pastor was having with somebody at one point, and they said— how do I really know that I'm saved? How do I really know? This is just like my, my ears kind of perked up a little bit. I'm like, I'd like to hear the answer to this. And the pastor looked and said, "Well, do you want to be saved?" And they're like, "Well, yeah." He's like, "You're fine. You're you're saved." It, 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 because, I mean, he's standing there. It's like you're you're already acknowledging that you need Jesus. You already know that He's the one that salvation comes from. The fact that you're desiring that is the Spirit of God inside of you reaching out, longing for that. That's already shown you that God's already in your life, creating that faith. And that's kind of why I stayed, was because it'd been the first and actually one of the few times I've ever actually heard it that clearly spoken. And I never questioned whether God was actually saving me ever again. The thing is is that oftentimes as we come at this idea of what salvation is is that oftentimes we are looking at it as waiting for some experience that somehow qualifies us as now in the saved category we're looking for something that then we can say well this is my qualifying place in my life that now I'm I'm a sheep, I'm not a goat anymore. The thing is, is that there are all these different perspectives. Different ways in which people kind of identify what that might mean. But the truth is, is that coming to who Jesus is ends up changing the perspective on what salvation is meant to be. You see, this idea of, okay, who is it that we're managing to keep out completely changes the narrative of what Jesus was doing. Is that Jesus is specifically sent from God to do everything possible to bring us in. Is that that ended up reflecting more of people's perspectives because people are the ones that oftentimes are trying to figure out which ones have managed to get themselves into God's good graces. When God is saying, I even sent my son to you, what makes you think I'm looking for a reason to hate you? And that changed the way that I looked at it. And and looking at today's gospel passage, it ends up changing the way that we look at what it is to come to Christ, to know who Jesus is. You see, i I kept thinking about all those different steps i mean i remember I, i i spent one summer in high school praying all these different prayers every day hoping that one of them would finally give me some sense of peace and even asking well you have to really want to give up sinning that that's 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 the key right you have to be like you know what i don't want that life of sin anymore i'm done with it i i have no interest in that whatsoever If anybody has gone to college after growing up in a Christian home, I'm pretty sure you've established that that is not the case. Because I know that I have seen giant universities where the vast majority claim to be Christian and then you see what they're up to on Friday, Saturday nights, Thursday nights. Yeah, let's be honest, Friday morning math class, most of them are not there. And to realize that so many of them that had said, I am in this faith category, and yet want to still be a part of that world that they're supposed to step away from. And the truth is, is that it's not just us in our modern context today. Right before this chapter 14, in chapter 13, the very end of it, Jesus looks at Peter and says, before the rooster cries three times, you're going to deny me. The thing is, is that there is Peter, the one that has been following him for so long and has even said, you are the Messiah. And yet he is going to be the one to very poignantly say, I don't know this guy. The thing with this is that as much as as we continue to try to define this is the point where now all that other stuff is gone and i don't want that anymore the moment that we start acting as if that sinful life no longer has a hold on us that's the second that it usually creeps up and gets us the worst but you see is that Jesus doesn't then stop with saying, Peter, you're going to deny me, because what does he do in chapter 14? I have prepared a place for you. I know where you struggle. I know what you're still going through. There is a place for you. This isn't me watching you as my disciple to try to figure out, okay, I don't think you're quite performing the way that I wanted you to. I don't know. You didn't answer that Messiah question very well. Yeah, I noticed you weren't able to cast out that demon like you were supposed to. No, there is a place for you. But he doesn't say, I have created a way. He doesn't say, I have given you and spoken to you truth. He doesn't say, I have offered to you life. This isn't a, okay, now let's get you to where you need to go. No, he says, I am. The way, the truth, and the life. Those words that call back to us what God had spoken to, to Abraham, to Moses, to the to, to the prophets to speak that this idea, being Yahweh, I will be who I will be. This I am, the ego me. This is Jesus saying that I am not asking you to figure out the technique. To somehow get god to be loving you i'm saying come to me it is me but you see every church somehow creates its own little methodology we all kind of struggle with that different things that we're looking for that somehow make us feel like okay now that's one of the real christians Which is funny is like because, and and Lutherans, we sometimes struggle with it too. It's like, you know, we and the Catholics and some of the other groups, we sometimes get so caught up in, okay, well, we baptized this baby, and now we're just not going to talk anything about anything that happened after that. I feel like there's something missing there. Although what's funny is that the Baptists actually don't spend as much time on baptism. And, And so it's like the Baptists are more about the, okay, but did you have the prayer of salvation? Okay, did you make sure that you got on your knees and you said everything? Could you imagine Paul in Acts 16 saying, okay, and now you need to believe on Jesus Christ. Okay, now everybody get on your knees, and I need you to repeat after me. And yet, Then even we look at things like, have you spoken in tongues? I'm not going to pretend. My Spanish is terrible. Okay? Yo no hablo español muy bien. Disculpe. Okay? And just to be honest, I'm working on it. But if that's where my salvation depends on, I can promise you, the closest I've come is mumbling in my sleep with random dreams, and that doesn't make any more sense about salvation or even the number of times where you end up having all of these, a lot of the college groups that will spend all their time saying, yes, but now how many Bible studies are you in? As if somehow now you're going to really be saved because you read the Bible this many times with this many commentaries. It keeps coming down to some way that people keep trying to say, this is the group that's in and this is the group that's out. And yet, the greatest sign is the desire for Jesus. Because what does Jesus say? I'm going to send you the comforter. I am going to send the one who comes after me. Because with this is that it's not a question of, and now I'm going to make sure that you've done what you need to do to make sure you've really accepted me. No, it is that I have come to do everything to accept you. And I'm going to send my spirit to you to keep bringing you back to me. See, whenever we look at, at Philip wanting a revelation of the Father, they're looking for something. Don't forget, Jesus had been up on a mountaintop being transfigured in front of, you know, uh, Peter and James and John. What would it have been like for the other disciples, the other nine? I'm just like, well, I wasn't there. I didn't get to see Jesus in his Clorox bleached whites over there doing his thing. Are we really in the same category as those three and Philip's over there like, well, if you could just show us the father then, you know, we, uh, you know, that would be enough. But the thing is, is that Jesus is saying, haven't you been with me? Because the thing is, is that it's not trying to create some moment in time whenever we define this is the part where God wasn't loving me and somehow this is the part where he is. See, what it comes down to is who God is. Because God is the life. See, oftentimes we take for granted what we do as Christians. We get into these these habits, these you know ruts. It's like, okay, yeah, I did the Jesus thing on Sunday. Yeah, I guess I had to go with my parents. Yeah, I guess we got that covered. I don't know. I already did the whole confirmation thing. I'm pretty sure I learned enough about Jesus. I think we're done. I I mean, I got all the main things done, right? We're, We're we're set because we take all the everyday stuff every day of coming back to who god is in christ every day of sharing that hope with one another every day of praying with one another of caring for one another of being able to say the thing that is dragging you down right now the thing that you think that god would never understand is the very thing he sent his son to die for every opportunity that there is that we have for that with one another and for God to speak that from his word to us. And that somehow we're saying, yeah, but if you would finally just show us the Father, that is the Father. Because Jesus has come to show us the Father. Not some moment on a mountain, not in whatever sermon that you're thinking is the one that's really going to reach out to you, Not in hoping that maybe at some moment in time you never question anything ever again. But that each and every step of that life, that journey that leads to a death doesn't stay in that death but rather comes back into a new life. You see, that's the thing about this is today we're confirming some of our youth. And we spent last week and we had a, a class for uh, some of our adults that are also interested in, in joining as well. But oftentimes we take this moment of saying this is what I believe, this is what I am holding on to. And then it's sort of like we've somehow graduated from that point up until okay now make sure you get your kids into church later down the line. But I'm going to tell you is that (laughs) I am pretty sure that there has been more than one occasion where I've had to stop and pause and say, God, I still struggle, and I still question, and I still wonder, and I still look at myself, and I don't see someone that you have said that I am. I don't see why it is that you would want to love me. And the truth is, is that every single time Jesus says, I know, and I'm still just bringing you back to me. I'm not waiting for you to finally prove it. I'm not waiting for you to finally have this moment. I'm not waiting for you to finally have something where you can prove to me that you're in my category instead of outside of it. I'm telling you I've already done it. And that's what we see today with our gospel. You see, we end up seeing a Messiah that doesn't come to try to be another Pharisee that doesn't try to be another Essene or another Sadducee or another scribe who isn't trying to say let me find some part in the Bible that will somehow be this one little moment in there that will somehow change everything in your perspective but rather Jesus saying I've already given you myself so today I, I don't know where it is that your mind and where your heart may be at today. Maybe you haven't felt like God's really revealed anything to you lately, and that happens. We get caught up in Netflix and work and traffic and trying to figure out HEB sales for the meal simple and wishing that we had gotten the fish instead of the sausage. But truth be told is that even in the midst of that, is that it's still Jesus saying, you are my own. And that as much as we may be thinking, why is it that I don't know the path I'm supposed to go? Why do I feel unsure today? Why do I feel frustrated? Why do I feel scared? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel like I'm on the wrong path? Does that mean that I really am? And Jesus is saying, I went all the way to death itself. Wherever you may find yourself, I am there. And also realizing the times whenever we say, I look at myself, and I know that I am a poor, miserable sinner. And Jesus says, good. Now let's begin. So wherever you're at today, let today be another chance that we come to Jesus again And start over, because every day he is saying, you are mine, and I am your way, your truth, and your life. Thanks be to God.